welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here in this podcast. You guys, we rotate between so many topics, um, but mainly faith, finances, marriage, mindset, and health. And the goal being, we're just working to become 1% better every day. We're not trying to revamp our marriage overnight. We're not trying to revamp our health or our finances. The goal is to begin to change small to start small, to just focus on becoming 1% better. Why? Because we can do that over time, right? My goal I've talked about, or my quote, I guess, I've talked about many times for 2020 was long-term consistency beats short-term intensity because that is me, you guys. I am so impulsive. I like, like to start something. I'll go 100 miles an hour out of the gate, but I can't stick with it. And so I've learned to really find the beauty in small, consistent things that we do daily or almost daily, okay? So this podcast is for us moms and just women in general to kind of link arms because we all have different upbringings, right? And so the question we're kind of answering here, the conversation we're having is if you don't have a direct role model in marriage or finances or health or whatever that might be, well, then how the heck do we have a healthy marriage or healthy finances or healthy health, (laughs) right? Like how do we have that as an adult? And then how do we ultimately teach our children when we were never directly taught, right? So we are just, I bring on guests, we have conversations, we just learn together and walk arm in arm together. And the goal just being generational change that when we fix ourselves as mothers, it will automatically pour out over into our children. And I think what's kind of unique about this podcast is that I am... I think sometimes when people see the name of it and or, you know, I don't even know what, they think, oh, cool, this is going to have me teach my children how to do things better. And and we do, right? We have that conversation. If you've been around here for the past year, we do have conversations on how to teach your kids coping skills, how to talk to your kids about finances, how to, how to, how to for your children. Sure. But you guys, we are not a lost cause. <laughs> we still have, you know, we're still here as mothers. We're still living, breathing people who can change and our brains can change and our ways can change. And so I'm here for you guys. Like I am here for you because when you show up for yourself and you change your mindset around your finances or your health or you change your mindset and your actions in your marriage, that is automatically going to overflow into your children. And we all want to be people, I think, that actually walk the walk, right? And not just talk the talk. It's so easy to look at our kids and be like, hey, do this. I couldn't do it, but this is really what you should do. We kind of lose our testimony um, or our platform, I guess. Um, Those two, I don't even know if they're the right words. You know what I mean. When we weren't able to do it ourselves, but we're asking them to do it, we just lose a little bit of influence. I think that's the right word. We lose our influence. And sure, I've talked about in other episodes, sometimes we just got to, you know, last minute as they're running out the door at 18, hey, do this. I couldn't figure it out, but but I need you to do it this way. You know, that's a better way. I wasn't able to do it. And that's humbling and that's honest. And, and I'm sure our kids will respect that too. And we aren't perfect and our kids are going to have their own work to do. But moms, like we need to work on ourselves. Yes, we need to teach our children. But the best way to teach our children is to love yourself Um, to work on all of these topics or just freaking pick one and become 1% better every single day. So that's what I'm here for. This is what these conversations are about. Also, side note, if you've been following me, guys, we are 16 weeks 
pregnant today. If you don't know me, I have four little boys, two, four, six, and eight, and we are not finding out the gender on this one. So y'all are just going to have to stay tuned until July when we have this baby. Okay. So we're going to hop into today's episode. It's a little bit different. First time I've done this is kind of a ask Stephanie anything about finances. I put this uh, poll out on Instagram and just to my budget coach, my budget clients and, um, you know, wherever else. And we're just asking like, what questions do you have on finances? And again, if you don't know me, this is a little more of an intro episode because I feel like I haven't done this type of um, episode in a while. If you don't know me, I love talking about finances. I've got a bunch of episodes I'll link in the show notes about our financial story of being crazy in debt, like a negative credit score, uh, or sorry, like a negative net worth, like horrible, horrible situation, uh, four and a half, almost five years now, to the point where we're at now, where we are debt-free, building wealth, and the whole nine. So I love to talk about finances. I am a budget coach. Um, I do have a money mindset course. I love talking about all things finances. So I am like super giddy about this episode for you guys. Okay, so I have four questions that I kind of pulled from you guys and I'm just going to read the questions and then I'm going to answer them. Fairly simple. And then I'll talk about a couple things at the end. So before I get going, can y'all do me a favor? If you love this podcast, can you make sure number one, you are subscribed and number two, I'm going to tell you it's my birthday week, you guys. (laughs) February 4th is my birthday. Okay, so Thursday. I would love it if you come back week after week to this podcast, if you could just um, leave a rating and a review. Those help in the podcast world so, so much just to extend the reach of the podcast. Ratings are amazing, amazing, amazing. But the reviews, when you actually take the time to type in something, it just boosts the podcast so much. And I would so appreciate that this week if you guys are coming back, if you guys could just scroll down and leave a quick rating and review. Okay, hopping in. So question number one that I got. We do miscellaneous money, $25 a week for each of us. But how do you know what counts as miscellaneous money and what we should save for as a family? If my husband has minor car issues for his car, should he use his miscellaneous money if he has some leftover to fix the car? And I need some maternity clothes, but I'm not sure if that's something we need to add a line in the budget for or if I should just use my miscellaneous for my maternity clothes. Thanks. Okay. So first, let's just back up. If you don't know, and I'm just going to assume nobody knows anything, okay, just because it just, that's how we do. So miscellaneous money in your budget, this is basically fun money. That's probably a better word for it. I say miscellaneous when I work on people's budget. And so what this is, is that when you have a budget, you have different lines, you know, groceries, gas, mortgage, you know, all of these different things. And then if you're single, it would just be for you. If you're married, you and your spouse would have what is called miscellaneous money. This is money that you have in cash every single week. This could be, and and you name this, right? This is your budget. This could be $10 a week that you guys get, could be 25, could be 100. I don't freaking care. You get to pick, it's your budget. So what what this money is, is it's a, it's 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 a predetermined amount that you and your husband or wife or whatever get to spend on whatever the heck you want to spend it on. (laughs) There is no guilt with this, right? So let's just say 
I get $20 a week and Justin, my husband, gets $20 a week. If I wanted to spend my $20 on Snickers, all $20 of it, I very well could. (laughs) It really doesn't freaking matter because it is mine. It is my like fun money. It is my, oh, I see a cute shirt at Target. I'm going to use that. And as long as I respect that limit of $20, I can do whatever the heck I want, right? I can save it up for three weeks and buy something a little bit nicer. He can spend it on Chipotle out to lunch with friends. It doesn't matter. It is literally kind of just some some fun breathing room within your budget so you don't feel so dang on restrained, okay? So number one, that's what that what they're talking about. And so they're saying miscellaneous money is $25 a week for each of us, but how do you know what counts as miscellaneous money and what we should save for as a family? So I'm just going to say this one more time. Husband had minor car issues. Maybe it cost a couple bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. I don't know. Should he use his money, miscellaneous money, if he had some left over to cover that and she needed some maternity clothes? And since it's her maternity clothes, should she use her miscellaneous to buy that. Okay, this is actually a favorite question of mine. So here's how I think of miscellaneous money. Miscellaneous money is truly extra. It is extra. It is not a necessity for your home. And I'm gonna just give some examples to kind of let this hit home a little bit more because I think that's just easier. So I would say no to both of these. Neither of these expenses, car issues and or maternity is a miscellaneous fund item, okay? Car issues should be covered in the budget. Without getting too much into it, I like to add, I like to have everybody have, if you have consumer debt, have $1,000 in savings. And then I like to add a $200 household fund. And so what this household fund is, you guys, is that it is basically a fund that is, is there for expected but unexpected expenses. For example, you know that you're gonna have to change a furnace filter, right? But who the heck knows when you're supposed to? Technically every three months, right? But sometimes you just forget and you're like, shoot, we need to do that. Um, You also need an oil change every once in a while and it depends on how much you drive. So like that's an expected expense, but I'm not really sure when I'm gonna need that. So I'm having that money set aside, okay? And so that car uh, expense that he had, I would choose to use the household money not his miscellaneous money. His miscellaneous money is for Snickers (laughs) or Chipotle, okay? It is not to repair a household car. I don't care if it's his car or your car. It's not to be, that's not what miscellaneous money is there for, right? And it's almost, this is extreme, okay? We're all adults here. But it's almost like a punishment that he saved his money because if he has money left over that he didn't spend on Snickers, well, now because he still has some, now he's got to take his money to repair the car. No, that's a family car. I don't care who actually drives it. That's that's a family expense. Okay, number two, maternity clothes. So that's kind of falls in the same line. Um, yes, you're the one who's getting the big belly. I can relate to you as of today, right? None of my clothes are fitting. I'm like in straight up sweats all the time. But the basic maternity wardrobe is a family expense, period. Um, yes, you're the one getting bigger, but y'all, you know, it takes two to tango. So it is a family thing that you need clothes <laughs> that fit your growing baby, what that, that grow that fit your growing body that has a baby in it. Okay. That is a family expense. Now, once here's, here's where it gets kind of, there's a little bit of discernment here. 
once you have, you know, three pairs of maternity jeans, you got five shirts, you got, you know, your maternity bra, you got all your things, right? You have a good, a decent maternity wardrobe that is acceptable, you feel good in, whatever. Now, if you are just browsing Target one day and you find an extra maternity outfit or shirt or dress that you're like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love this. That would probably be out of your miscellaneous because your family has provided your basic and needed maternity wear. So anything outside of that that you absolutely want or need, right, that might be miscellaneous. Now, again, like if all of a sudden something's not fitting you and you're like, I have one shirt (laughs) that fits me. Think about, but that would be a family expense. There's a little bit of discernment here. Same thing with the car, right? Like once ever, once it's working and functional, if he freaking wants, I don't know, lights underneath of it, I don't know. Like that would be out of his miscellaneous money, right? So bare necessities, making sure everything's working, that is a family expense. Anything on top of that in extra would be miscellaneous. Now I wanna just make one other point. And just to drive this home, because I think women, we do this a lot. So that we are in the world and in the culture of online courses. I have an online course. It's called Entrusted with Her Finances. It's a money mindset course. I have invested in so many courses. And that is like the world we live in. You don't have to go to college to learn about how to, you know, I mean, literally, you guys, there's courses on like how to make the best apple pie, how to declutter your home, how to do homemaking stuff, how to clean your home, how to, you know, just do all kinds of stuff. Okay. Now, which ones are miscellaneous and which ones are household funds if you choose to invest in online courses or something like it? Okay. If you choose, let's just say, you choose to invest in my money mindset course, you choose to invest in Entrusted because you are ready to get your finances under control. Well, you might be the one that kind of handles the money in your relationship, and you might be the one that kind of wants this course, but your money mindset changing and you really doing this to up your family's financial level, that is a family expense. That's something you need to talk about if it's a priority right now for your family, but that is a family expense, right? Or um, I Ali Kazaza was on here a couple of months ago. Her Um, Your Uncluttered Home course is amazing. It's about how to freaking get rid of all the crap in your house and live lighter, have a lighter motherhood. Um, You know, that you might be driving that. You might be the one that has the, you know, headphones in your ears listening to her course, but that is bettering your family. And so that is a household expense. Now, if you want to learn how to make great apple pie or, you know, learn how to underwater basket weave, like... (laughs) and you want to invest in a course like that, that is like extra and kind of frivolous, that would be miscellaneous. Does that make sense? So if it's contributing to the household or it's a basic necessity of the household, don't care which way it goes, like I said, maternity, clothes, or his quote unquote car, that is household. Anything extra is miscellaneous. So hopefully that answered your question. Okay, number two, what makes a good budget? I feel like I've started and stopped a million times. What is your secret of a quote unquote good budget that you talk about all the time? (laughs) Do I talk about it all the time? I do. It's okay. Um, Okay. So a good budget. Here is what I, here's my pet peeves with budgets, you guys. We're taught and, or maybe we just think that a good 
in quotes. Good budget is one that means our income minus our outgo is X. So income minus our bills, okay? And then 100% of the money left over after that has to go to our debt payoff. That is what most of us think. And let me just give you an analogy here of what that is. When we do that, that is like saying, I want to go on a diet. Therefore, I am now going to eat plain chicken and plain broccoli and water forever. <laughs> okay. Um, how, how long does that work for any of us? It doesn't. That's why roller coaster dieting is so popular. But you guys, roller coaster budgeting is just as popular because that is what we do. We go down to the plain chicken, plain broccoli, and water, and we think, yep, we need to do this, and so therefore, we are going to like just freaking do it. I admire that, but ain't nobody sticking with that, okay? I talked about earlier, long-term consistency beats short-term intensity. I do not necessarily want you to have your income minus all your bills and have 100% left for debt payoff because we just talked about our miscellaneous fund. You got to have that. Why? Because how many of you guys have ever tried a budget and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, a month in, three weeks in, you're like, screw it. I want to go on a freaking shopping spree (laughs) because I just can't. Like, I just need to buy something. Now, there's a lot of psychological things that happen when you start a budget. I will link to that episode. It's actually... It's actually a bonus episode that I have on this podcast. It is a lesson from my Money Mindset course in Trusted. Um, But it talks about the psychology of budgeting and why it is so hard at the very beginning. I'm going to leave it at that. You can listen to that episode if you want to learn a little bit more. It's actually a story and a study of a monkey. It's very, very interesting. And it's only like 15 minutes. Okay. So your budget, number one cannot be dry, like just, you know, plain chicken and broccoli. It has to have other things in it, i.e. a miscellaneous fund, okay? Second thing, you have to be aware of your season. You have to be aware of the season that you are in. You have to be realistic with yourself. And listen, I'm the worst. (laughs) I literally talk about this all the time. Oftentimes, and I talk about this with my schedule, oftentimes, you guys, I will sit down and I will have this like packed full schedules of podcast interviews and boy sports and all these different things. And I'm like, yes, this is so motivating. This is so amazing. And then I don't take into account the energy needed to complete all of those tasks, right? And I typically overcommit myself, which again is why that quote has been so important in my life. Quit it. Like Stephanie, just slow it down and find something that you can consistently be on pace with and consistently show up for. So when you are doing your budget, you have to know what season you're in. For example, let me give you two. Um, I have a, and these are two, two different budget clients. One client is pregnant. She is due in June and we have been working together and she and her husband has have chosen to have their entertainment fund, which is like just going out to eat, date night, that kind of thing, to be fairly, I don't even want to say big, but bigger probably than someone who is like really trying to like really, really, really focus on debt payoff, okay? Their fund for that is bigger. And so they're prioritizing their date nights. They're, you know, going out to eat. They're just been, you know, living it freaking up before they have their first kid, which is great. And I am encouraging that. 
Could they pay a couple hundred dollars extra a month towards their debt and pay off their debt quicker? Sure. But you know what? They're having a freaking baby in four months and they want to just spend this time together and just go out to eat and do their thing. Now, in four months, that may change. And it, it will. I mean, it will change. So their season and they're not, they're not feeling guilty about it. This is not irresponsible. As long as you are respecting the fact that your income has limits, you are not using a credit card to act like you have more income than you do, it is fine, right? Does it slow them down a little bit? Sure. But what goal is more important, the debt payoff or the time with her husband? Whatever. Whatever it is for you, right? And so right now, that's their priority and that is fine. And they are staying within their income limits. They are budgeting elsewhere, And so they're good. They understand the season that they're in. And I'm so proud of them. Another girl, she was, she's doing amazing, amazing with her budget for a while. And then she, I remember she boxed me and was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated with myself because I keep online shopping and I keep putting things in my cart online. And then I just will like exit the whole window and I get so mad at myself like why can I not just not want to buy things like I'm so I can't stop like what is what is wrong with me and I remember her voxing me this and I remember I was sitting in my standing in my bathroom and I remember thinking like what I wonder what is in her cart you know like is it a bunch of Snickers apparently I want some Snickers y'all is it a bunch of Snickers is it clothes is it home decor like what is it so I boxed her back and I'm like hey what is in your cart what are you struggling with? Like, is it clothes? Is it whatever? And she's like, it's home decor, all kinds of Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby is 50% off now. We just moved into this new home. I just feel like it's not very cozy. Like I just want to decorate it so bad, but I know we need to stick to our financial goals and plan and whatever. So I'm so sorry. Like I'll get over it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Hold on a second. Of course you want to have decor for your new house. Of course you do. You are in the season or whatever you want to call it of moving into a new place. And this is your first home. Of course you want that. Now, listen, you know, I can't give you a $3,500 new living room set, but we can, you know, 50 bucks a month or something like depending on how tight their, their budget was like $50 a month. You can make a little area cute, you know, you can buy a little candle and a cute sign and, you know, maybe a gallon of paint in a month like that can really brighten up a space and so you might have to get creative and later on down the road you can add more money but of course like that's okay (laughs) that is a priority because of where you are and here's what's really key about that guys what's really really key about this is that was what her temptation was right like if you've been in a home forever and you feel like it's cute and you've you've decorated it and stuff I think we all have a soft spot soft spot for some good home decor but for her that was like her pool that was her temptation because of the season she was in and so here's what would have happened and I you know who knows but here's what I would say would have happened had we not been working together had we not had that conversation she would have got really upset at some point and looked at her house and was where was would have not been content went to Hobby Lobby and spent like $700 on cute signs and paints and da, 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 all these things and completely have blown her budget. But instead, we gave her a little bit of room, right? And so she was able to kind of like satisfy that itch, so to speak, without jacking up her entire budget. 
And so that is unique to everyone. So this is what I mean when I talk about a good budget. You're not chicken and broccoli, you guys. We're like seasoned chicken in Parmesan <laughs> broccoli with some crystal light <laughs> or something, okay? So with a, you know, little mini Snickers on the side for dessert. Like we are adding in the things so that we can stick with the budget that we have. And that ebbs and flows. And that's why people kind of second guess themselves because they're like, when do I add a line in the budget? And when do I just be disciplined? I don't really know. I mean, this is kind of where I come in with budget coaching, but it is also having that accountability in your finances. Like I'm so passionate about normalizing talking about finances for women, right? We don't talk about it. Not just women, nobody. We don't talk about it with anybody. And so we just got to start though, because if we can start to have that conversation and have someone else be transparent with somebody else with our finances, then we can have these conversations like, hey, what do you think? Like, do you think we should add this? Or do you think we really just need to kind of, you know, hold it back for now? Whatever. Okay. So anyways, I'm going to wrap that one up. But that is what I mean by a good budget. Know your season and get off the plain chicken and plain broccoli because that is not going to be something you can be consistent with. Okay, number three, how do I build my credit? Do I need a credit card? My credit is really, really bad. Okay. (laughs) I'm only pausing with this because I get really frustrated Not with this question, but the answer to this question. Because if you don't know, I am like a Dave Ramsey girl through and through as far as it goes to get out of consumer debt. Um, I think credit cards are the worst for the most part. Um, When it comes to building wealth, Dave Ramsey and I kind of differ. We go two different ways there. However, to get out of consumer debt, I'm pretty in line with Dave Ramsey. And what he says, cut them freaking up, close the accounts, be done with them. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. And so when I talk about this, I really like to talk about this on one to like a one-to-one basis because everyone's uh, situation is different, okay? And so I'm gonna say an overall blanket statement and then I'm gonna kind of get down into a, you know, the nitty gritty. Overall blanket statement, um, credit cards suck. Do not close the account because that will tank your credit card or your credit score because of just your credit longevity and the history of it. The longer something is open, the better your credit is. And so I would say cut it freaking up. Um, Don't close the account. Cut it up so you can't use it. You can't put money on it. You can't get in debt with it. But you're kind of getting credit for the longevity of the account. Now, Dave Ramsey would say close it. Stephanie Sims says keep it open. So, you know, whoever you want to listen to. And listen. I am not a financial advisor, okay? That's a, that's my disclaimer. So use your own judgment on all of this. This is just my experience. Now, how do I build my credit? Okay, a couple things. Actually, there's six main things that you need to build your credit. Number one, you need to be paying your bills on time. That's pretty, you know, pretty simple. Pay them on time. Number two, don't have stuff in collections. Uh, If you do have stuff in collections, you need to figure out your consumer debt first and then go to collections, okay? Once they're already in there, they're, you know, it's just, it's just in there. If you have things in collections, um, that's just going to hurt your credit score. So do your best to keep things out of collections. Once something is in collections, 
You're going to have to count it as a loss for now and you need to focus on things that are active and then you're going to tackle your collections, okay? Um, number three, you're going to minimize hard pulls on your credit. So when you apply for a credit card, when you are getting like trying to, you know, buy a house, like all of that kind of things, those are all hard pulls on your credit and they tank your score. I just, we just, we're getting ready to move um, in a couple months and we just pulled our, uh, my credit and it like tanked 30 points just because of that. So annoying, but it is what it is. Number four, have a credit history. Like I was talking about, the longer accounts are open, the higher your credit or the higher points or whatever the heck you want to call it, um, that you get. Okay. So a longer credit history. This is just open accounts. This does not necessarily mean accounts you're actively spending on. Though some places will close accounts if you don't spend for a certain period of time, typically like a couple years. Uh, usually they send you a letter in the mail. So have a credit history. Number five, you got to show some usage and pay off your debt. So typically credit cards like to see that, you know, you have a $10,000 limit and you're consistently using some of that credit and then you're paying it off. And they don't want you to max it out. That's going to jack up your credit. So you never want to go up to like the 10000 you know, $9,999. You just want to use some and pay it off, some and pay it off. To them, that looks like you're responsible. You're not using every single dime you have leveraged against you, but you are using it some and you're paying it off and being responsible with the limit that you have. And lastly, number six, how many accounts you have helps. The more, the better. But again, this is why Dave Ramsey calls your credit score a how you handle debt score or something. <laughs> Probably should look that up. But he hates credit scores. He thinks you don't need one. I disagree. Um, I disagree. Now, can we just can we talk about something really quick, ladies? Um, so if you know my story, we are we have gotten okay. We had like a negative net worth. We were in a ton of debt. You know, whatever. And then I completely took the reins and I got us out of debt. My husband was totally on board. We had conversations. He was in it. I just took the reins on it, okay? Paid all of our bills, got us out of debt. We swung, like the pendulum swung in our home where we were now completely debt-free. We are building wealth. We're the whole thing, the whole nine, right? Guess who, guess who was the charge of, in charge of that? Me. Now, a couple years ago, maybe two, um, we own rental properties if you don't know. We have four now. But anyways, my husband had the first two in his name. And the third one that we were purchasing after some time, I was going to put it in my name. Okay, so the hard pool was going to be under my name. And it was not a very expensive house. Okay, we typically buy cheaper, uh, more inexpensive rental houses. When I went to pool, my credit, you guys, I did not get approved for the freaking house. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because my husband had an 800 credit score, 798 or something. And I'm like, well, I should have the same one. Like we live in the same house. We've been married for 10 years. I'm paying all of our bills, you know? Oh, no, no. My credit score, you guys, was like 600 or like 590. Uh, what? <laughs> well, turns out that the mortgages were in his name. The credit card we used, apparently I closed my credit card when I was younger or right when we got married and we just moved to his because we only needed one, right? And on our like bills, he is the primary account holder and I am not. 
So every bill that I paid to get us out of debt, every single thing that we did, it reflected on his credit, not mine. And so here I am, you know, just thinking that we had the same credit score. I didn't invest in, not invest, but I didn't get car, credit karma at that point or anything. I'm thinking I'm good. Oh no, that was not the case. So all I want to say is, I, I, here's what I had to do too. I couldn't even apply for a credit card. And I was so pissed because I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I have zero debt. We had a great savings. We had investment properties that were like income producing. My husband had a freaking 800 credit score. And I'm like, I can't even get a credit card? What is going on? Okay, so just be aware of this, you guys. Credit Karma is um, a free thing. It's not perfect, but at least gives you somewhat of an idea. So I would check that out because if you think your credit your credit score is one thing because, you know, you guys all pay your bills on time, it very well could not be. And so what I had to do is I had to go to PNC Bank and get a self-secured credit card, which means, how dumb is this? I had to give them money that I could borrow against. <laughs> So you give them like $500, you write PNC Bank a check for $500, and then when I use my card, I have a $500 limit of my own freaking money. I can't even, I can't even really talk about this without getting annoyed, but anyways. Um, and so, but the good thing is you just spend anywhere from $5, $10, it doesn't freaking matter, on that self-secured credit card uh, in the month, and then you pay it off on time, and they immediately, rec- uh, and they immediately re- report it to the credit bureau. And so my score climbed up to the high 790s, probably within, I want to say six to nine months. So it didn't take crazy long to do, but I had no idea. And I'm like pretty financial savvy, I feel like. Um, Obviously, it's something that I talk about all the time, but I didn't realize, I guess, how credit cards worked. So again, pay on time, don't have stuff in collections, minimize hard pulls on your credit, have a credit history that has some longevity to it, show usage and payoff without maxing your credit card off, and then how many accounts you have also helps. Now, don't freaking go in debt on your credit card, you guys. Please respect that your income has limits and it does not include your credit card limit. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, last question and we'll wrap up. How do I know if your budget coaching is right for us to invest in right now? Okay, if you don't know, I do budget coaching. It is a 90-day coaching. Um, It is a, basically, I do your, you have to input your numbers. You know, I don't need any access to your bank accounts or anything like that. You put your mortgage in, you know, how much you spend on groceries, all these things. You have to come face-to-face with your numbers. And then I take your numbers and I create this 90-day budget. It's very, very simple. Um, You basically log on the day you get paid. I've already figured out what you need to pay that day and you log off. It's very simple. We work on all of your goals, all that kind of stuff. So this has been right for a lot of people and it has been not right for some people. There are some people that I have turned down and here is what you kind of need if or here's how you kind of know if this is the right thing right now for you to invest in. So you have to have margin, you guys, in your finances. Because if you, just for easy numbers sakes, if you make $1,000 a month and you spend $1,000 a month, not spend, I should say, if you make $1,000 a month and all of your necessary bills that need to be paid and put food on your family's table is $1,000 a month, 
that is not a budgeting problem. That's an income problem. And I can't fix that. (laughs) I cannot do anything. And so if you don't have margin, either something needs to be sold, like a car, or you need to downsize your house like Justin and I did four and a half years ago, or somebody needs to get a second job or a different job that pays more because you have to have margin. And so if you don't have margin, I can't, I mean, I love you, but I can't help you. Um, so make sure that you have margin. Now, if you make $1,000 a month and your bills are 500, but you really spend 1,000 because, you know, Target, Chipotle, you know, all the things, then that I can help you with. That is just an organization, a discipline, you know, kind of thing mindset type of work that I can help you with. So you have to have margin, number one. Number two, um, you have to be willing to change. Listen, I'm not going to go into my whole story. Again, I will link my story in the show notes. But when I had my first baby, that's when I first got annoyed with the fact that we didn't have the choices I wanted because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom after I had my first kid. And I never thought that I did before then. Never did I think I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. But I realized when I had my first baby boy, I didn't have that option. I needed my income because of our lifestyle and how we had kind of upgraded with our income. But I didn't really do anything about it. I wasn't like annoyed enough until I had my third. I was pregnant with my third. That's when I really got pissed and I felt like I was missing out and all these things, whatever. That led to a domino effect of us selling cars, downsizing our home, getting serious with our budget, right? And so when you invest in something like this, you have to be ready right? Like you have to be at a point where you are like, I am freaking done. I am done living like this. I am done not having choices. I am done with the way that this is affecting my marriage, um, our experiences as a family, our friendships, our, you know, whatever the heck. Money touches everything. Like you have to be done and willing to change. You have to be willing to follow a budget. Now, listen, people get a little intimidated by that. But again, what do I do? (laughs) I create a good budget, one that you feel like you can breathe in. Okay. I am not a personal trainer. That's going to make you eat plain chicken and plain broccoli. And that's what I think people get scared of. People are like, I'm not ready for that. I freaking like my red Robin or I like my, you know, what? I don't even know what McDonald's. Okay. We're going to give you some McDonald's, but I need you to, (laughs) I need you to be okay. Also, And this is what I tell all of my budget clients. I want you to feel stretched, but I don't want you to be so uncomfortable that you can't, you know, stay with it. I need you to stretch yourself, but I'm going to make it comfortable enough that it's something that you can be consistent with. So that's kind of where the magic is, right? Um, And then the last thing that I will say, and we will wrap it up about this budget coaching. I just had a client say to me, you know, I have tried Dave Ramsey, you know, went through Financial Peace University. I have done mint.com. I've invested in every dollar. I've invested in the, you know, $100 thing, budgeting, whatever from Dave Ramsey. I've done all these things and it has nothing has freaking worked until I've worked with you. And it's really interesting when people give me these kind of testimonies because I'm always like, I always want to know why, right? Like I always like to reflect on them. And of course, that's like super affirming and it's, that means a ton. And I'm so glad that she said that because it, you know, I, 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 I work really hard to make this very simple and um, to get to the root cause of things, right? And to find that sweet spot in your budget over those 90 days. And by the way, I do 90 days because you need life to happen and life happens in 90 days. You know, you get a flat tire, 
you forget a bill, you get a diagnosis. I mean, literally everything has pretty much happened, I feel like, within the 90 days of budget coaching between different people. But anyways, so as she's saying this, I'm like, well, then why? Like, why? Because listen, I love Dave Ramsey. (laughs) I took financial peace. I've taught financial peace. I love all that stuff. But why? What is different about what I do that made this work for all of these women in these families? Because I'm just doing what I know to do. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but I'm, I'm truly trying to think. And here's what it is here. I figured it out, people. What Financial Peace University and or, you know, all of these other mint.com, all these other budgeting tools, here's what they do. You are drowning, so to speak. You are drowning financially. And then they're trying to teach you how to swim while you're in the middle of drowning. They're trying to teach you how to budget. They're trying to give you tools while you are drowning. What my budget coaching does is I pull you freaking out of the water and I set you on some dry ground and I do the heavy lifting for you for the 90 days. About 60 or so days in, you now have like seen this path. You have had somebody kind of like I just said, do the heavy lifting for you. You can see, right? You've been oriented back. You are back on two feet. Now you can be taught, right? I'm not saying you couldn't be quote unquote taught before. Of course you can. But when we are in survival mode, you guys, we don't have the capacity, right? We are just trying to keep our head above water. And when you have finances and you have your marriage and you have kids and you have all these things, it's like, I don't know what you're doing right now or telling me about budgeting right now. But like, I just need someone to pull me out. And that's what I do. And so day, you know, 60 or so that we work together we have a different conversation. That is when I teach you how to budget. That is when we have this conversation of how you do this once I'm gone. That is when you are, again, you have your feet firmly planted and you are able to now move forward with your own finances. There is clarity and there is a path for you to run on. And that is what I do. And that is what I love. And unfortunately, I don't even have any daggone coaching spots open until um, March or April. But here's the thing. Number one, I have for you guys some things that are new, okay? Number one, this isn't quite new, but I have my um, budget sheet that I work with with my clients and it's fully customizable. I have that. I'll put that in the show notes. It's nine bucks. Super simple. I also have that I'm, this is brand new. I now am doing the 90 day budget without the coaching, Now, would I love to coach everyone? Yes, (laughs) I absolutely would. However, I can't um, because of my time constraints. But what I love to do is I love to sit down and I, I love to figure out the puzzle of people's budgets. And so I've decided to open up just to do the 90 day budget. And listen, you're gonna have to put in all your numbers just like we would start budget coaching. And then I will do your 90-day budget for you. I will give it back to you. We will have a conversation at that point. Let me show you how it works. This is da-da-da, all of these things. Let you ask questions. Make sure you feel confident. And then it's just yours, okay? So there isn't any coaching really beyond that point. Obviously, I'm on here talking. I'll be coaching on here. I'm also creating a a more passive course that's like a broad-scale budget coaching course that I'm working on. But anyways, 
So I'm still here, you know, talking about content. I can ask questions. I might do another episode like this if you have questions specifically related to your budget, but I am now opening spots for that. Now, disclaimer for this, these are going to be kind of done on a as I can get to them basis, okay? Um, And so, you know, if you basically when you purchase this, I will get to it when I can get to it, which right now it's like a one to three week turnaround, okay? And so kind of the faster that you get it in and the faster you can get your numbers in, the faster I can have access to it and do it. Um, And so there is that. So I just am trying to think of as many ways as possible that I can help you guys and support you guys, but I only have so much time. So if you have any other ideas for me, I am all ears, but I have my budget coaching. You could technically get that right now and just reserve your spot for a March, April start date. I have my uh, exact budget sheet that I use, fully customizable, nine bucks. And then I have the... um, the 90 day budget where the coaching just is not included, but you do get the budget. So you kind of get the, the pathway to run on. Anyways, that is all people. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Make sure you subscribe, make sure that, um, you send a rating and review. That would be so, so helpful, especially for my birthday week, you guys. Um, and I look forward to walking with you and helping you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.